What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode eight of the That's Bold podcast. Um, I'm excited to be back with you guys, and let's talk about some sports. So this past weekend was a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. We got uh, the Super Bowl, great game, and we had an also probably a contender for the fight of the year, even though it just happened and the year just started, and it's in February. I think, honestly, we might get a fight of the year out of uh, UFC 284. That card was sick. Um, anyone that didn't watch it, I highly suggest you go back and watch it because it was electric. Uh, we had like 10 guys in our dorm. We were all screaming at like midnight on Saturday, just going nuts. It was it was an awesome fight. So um, let's talk about them. So we're going to start out with the Super Bowl. And the thing I want to talk about first was how good of a game that was. That was a crazy good game. Um, I think that's something that we normally don't see in the Super Bowl, honestly, which doesn't make any sense. But I feel like we normally honestly don't get the best two teams in the league playing in the same game, even though it should seem like that. A lot of times I feel like we get a team that just catches fire or has an easier, like normally there's like a conference that is way better than the other. So a lot of times the AFC team or the NFC team is just way better than the, the team that comes out of the other conference. But this year, honestly, it was pretty even. And I think the two best teams did play in that game, in the Super Bowl being the Chiefs and um, the Eagles. And I think we got we got what we came for. So I mean, 38-35 shootout, crazy good game. And yeah, let's talk about it. So my prediction for this game was 34-24 Eagles. So I did get this wrong, but I mean the score wasn't too wrong. So I mean, give me a break. But the, obviously the winner who I had was wrong. But um, the, yeah, the the Chiefs really impressed me. Honestly, Mahomes is definitely banged up in this game. His ankle was giving him problems he was over there like screaming like Kermit the Frog on the sideline um, near halftime I believe he rolled it again and I thought he was honestly going to be missing passes and stuff like that or not play for a lot of series but he was really tough he came in and played pretty well um, as much as he could and he did enough for the Chiefs to win man so I mean that was pretty cool but um, yeah I think we did get the best two teams and we got the best one of the best games we've seen in the last 10 years so I think everyone that got blessed with this game or bet on this game was extra dialed in uh, as I was. But um, I actually went one for two of my player props this weekend, so I was pumped, but um, just made the game even that much better. So yeah, we had the Chiefs winning 38-35 in a controversial ending, honestly. Um, the final play of the game, or final like two minutes of the game, honestly, were pretty anti-comatic because it was 35s until, up until the last two minutes. It was a third and eight, I believe it was, and Mahomes threw the deep ball to Juju in the corner of the end zone, and it was way overthrown. It looked like live, and then you they went back and they called a holding call on the DB, and I don't I don't know, man. Like I think it could have like the DB himself said it was a hold, and he said he understands why they called it, but I mean it's just such a shitty way to end the game because after that they could pretty much just like run it out and kick the field goal and it was like a chip shot so they were always going to make that but I, I don't know I feel like it was such a shitty way to end that great game honestly I feel like unless the DB literally like punches this guy in the face you can't call a holding call in that scenario I'm kidding but like it has to be more blatant than that it was kind of a soft hold in my opinion it was a hold but it was a soft hold and I feel like you can't let the game, the Super Bowl, literally ride on that play. You got to give Jalen Hurts a chance to come back down. And like get big games like that, I feel like the, all refing in every sport, not just football, and all and like the championship or the playoffs, they the, all the refing should be more lenient and let the guys play more. 
because it's what the fans want to see. They don't want to see so much stoppages and stuff like that. So honestly, I feel like they could have let that ran and let the Chiefs kick it on fourth down and let the Eagles try to go down and score because that would have made an even better game. Like it, the ending of it was anticlimactic, to be honest. But um, another thing I was going to say is why was the field so ass? <laughs> like multiple players have come out and say like the field was literally horrible. Feel, like the players were slipping all over the place on the field. I don't know what was the deal with that. It was in Phoenix. So like I think if they have a hybrid stadium, they can do outdoor and indoor. I think they opened it up for the Super Bowl. And I don't know what was the deal with the grass, but it's like the biggest game of the year by far. How, like, are you not going to have good playing surface for the guys? I don't know what was going on with that, but apparently the field literally sucked. And you could tell guys were, like, struggling to, like, run out there and, and make sharp turns and stuff like that. The NFL, I mean, that's just classic Roger Adele. That dude doesn't know what he's doing. So not surprised by that, but, yeah, that's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. The Super Bowl field being shitty. That's bad. But, uh, yeah, they've also had that at the Cardinal Stadium. It feels like a million times now. So can we mix it up a little bit here? So, yeah, moving on from the NFL, let's talk about UFC 284. Anybody that follows the show knows I'm huge about the UFC, and I was so pumped for this fight. This is one of the most hyped fights of the year by far, in a stacked year as well. The next few months, all we're going to be talking about is UFC, I feel like, because they have stacked card after stacked card. It's insane. Um, And yeah, let's get into it. So UFC 284, for anyone that's not an avid follower or doesn't pay close attention to who's fighting who, it was Islam Makachev versus uh, Volkanovski. And th- that would that includes the lightweight champion and the featherweight champion. Alex being the featherweight and Islam was the lightweight. So Alex was going upweight to fight for the chance to be the champion of lightweight and featherweight, a double champ, which is what they call it. And there's only been a select few of those. I think it's like five to seven in UFC history. So it was a massive fight. And also it was the pound for pound number one versus number two. So it was the best two on the planet coming to fight each other for all, all the chips are on the table. And... This Islam Makachev guy, he's like, if anyone doesn't know, pretty much everyone knows who Khabib Nurmagomedov is. They're just these Russian dudes from the mountains of um, Dagestan. They've wrestled their whole lives, wrestled bears. These guys wrestled fucking bears as kids. No one knows how to stop it. You're going to get taken down, and you're going to get dragged down, and you get tired out until they make you quit. Pretty much how what they do to literally everybody they fight. And so I, I thought it was going to be a little harder fight for Islam than normal. Like he wasn't wasn't just gonna walk through out Volkanovski because Volk is amazing, but I thought Volk would honestly last maybe a round or two and then he would get tired and just not be able to get up once he gets down. I didn't think I think he would be able to after a certain amount of time. I thought he'd get frustrated, make a mistake, and then he would get caught in a choke or something like that. Probably round two ish um, at the start of the fight, and Volk literally fought his ass off. I've never seen someone wrestle so well with the fucking Islam. Like, it was insane. Volk was stuffing many takedowns, and then if he did get taken out, he was popping right back up and talking shit to Islam the whole fight. Uh, this was probably the fight of the year. I mean, it's literally February, and I'm already saying it's the fight of the year. This was crazy. Uh, Isla, it went the full distance, which I sort of saw coming, but I, I'm, I honestly, I didn't see it. I saw it coming if Volk were to win. I didn't see Volk knock him out, to be honest. Because when you're fighting these guys, you can't be over-aggressive or else you're just going to get taken down really easily. So you kind of have to fight more timid, which is what we saw in the first couple rounds with Volk until he started to realize that he can 
come, he can pop up after he gets taken down. And Volk started to open up in the third, fourth, and fifth, and I think he won. I, th- I thought Volk won. For any of you that doesn't know, they went the distance in the game. They gave Islam the decision. It was a super, super close and competitive fight the whole way through. There was like four takedowns that uh, Islam had. There was like two or three knockdowns, and there's a lot of times where each fighter was wobbled on the feet. Um, I think that we did learn is Islam is a lot better at striking than we thought, and Volk is a lot better at wrestling because Volk is like this little short, stocky guy, and I thought he would kind of just get held down after a while, just getting pissed at being taken down. But every time he just kept scrambling up, I was like, what the hell is this dude on right now? But, uh, yeah, he was doing amazing. I, I don't even know what was – I think Islam was kind of shocked. He was like, who the hell is this guy? I didn't know Australia could wrestle, and apparently Volk is a fucking wrestling god, even though he never uses it. Because he was fucking making Islam look like an amateur when they were on the mat. It was crazy. But uh, every time Volk got up, we were going nuts because we all wanted Volk to win that. He was the underdog. And we're kind of just we're, – we're all of our uh, – the way I like to watch fights is I like to watch more of a kickboxing type of fight. Um, it's just more engaging, honestly. It's more you get to see more knockouts. Knockouts are way more fun to watch than tapouts, so that's where I wanted the fight to be at, and it was there more than I thought it was going to be. So I'm happy about that. And yeah, let's talk about the um, going to the round by round. I thought number the first round I thought was super super close. I didn't we didn't I don't know who was going to win after that round. Um, I think they gave that to Islam. I, I would I would probably give that round to Islam in a close one because he had to take down at the end. Round two, I gave that to Volk, um, a close one. And then round three, I gave to Volk for sure. Four, I'll give to Islam. And five, I'll give to Volk. Volk fucking dropped him at the end of the, the fifth round. At the end of the fight, he dropped him. He, he smoked him with a shot. And then he ended up on top of the ground and pound with like the last 20 seconds. He was fucking... Dropping shots from the on top of Islam. Islam's never been on his back in his life. He's probably shitting himself. And I was like, after that, I was like, they have to give it to Volk. They have to give it to Volk after that. He just finished the round, finished the fight with the drop down, and he landed shots on top. I was like, there's no way they give this to Islam. They and then they did the Bruce Buffer came out. And he was like, it's still. I was like, oh my god, that's bullshit. I I felt bad for Volk, man. I think Volk deserved the decision. Um, I've been seeing on social media that he uh, should have won as well. I thought Volk won 3-2, three, three rounds of two. They saw it the other way around. They saw Islam won in three rounds of two, but I don't know. It, it was a really close fight, so I can't, it was a good fight. I mean, I can't be too mad. We watched an insanely good fight, but I did really want to see Volk get that, and I don't know. It was just, I, th- I thought he just deserved it. I thought Islam didn't do enough to win that fight. I mean, after the fight, Islam looked like he got fucking punched I mean he looked like he got punched in the face about 50 million times that's what he looked like so I mean yeah I don't know I feel like damage wise Volk definitely did way more damage and, and the Islam did take him down but he didn't do anything with him so I mean I think you got to go off damage in that scenario and Volk definitely did more I feel like the, the judges got this one wrong like they've been getting fights wrong consistently it feels like this year but um moving on from main event we're going to the co-main is Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett I'm assuming that nobody knows who these guys are unless you're a, like a big UFC fan like myself. Um, Yair Rodriguez, to put it simply, is basically like the fucking craziest dude that you can imagine. He throws like spinning 
wheelhouse fucking backflip kicks and he knocks people out with them <laughs> it's dope but like he has some highlights if you guys haven't seen it but and josh emmett's the complete opposite he's like this like brick looking fucking bald white dude that just wrestles guys <laughs> complete opposite like super by the book fighter so and but he's really good though so I, I really was excited for this fight because this is the interim that was the interim featherweight championship which means that um, Volkanovski obviously was the unified, which is, means he's the main, he's the actual champion of featherweight. Since but since he was going up to try and get the the double belt, that he did not, he's not going to be fighting at that class for a while. So they didn't want to have just nothing going on at featherweight. So that's why they do the interim champ thing, where they have a guys fight for the spot that to fight Volk to unify it. So the winner of this uh, Josh Emmett Yagir Rodriguez fight will fight Volkanovski um, next for his title defense. And Yair Rodriguez got the dub, not by knockout, which I was surprised by. I thought if he won, he was going to knock him out. But he actually submitted him. It was weird. I didn't think he would be able to dominate him on the mat. And he was really it was really quick. Yair Rodriguez was definitely um, winning the fight. He was dominating on the feet. And Josh Emmett couldn't really seem to take him down if he wanted to. And then eventually, um, I think Yair invited him to the ground and then just quickly caught him in. I think it was a triangle triangle choke and he, he just tapped really quick he, like it was it was kind of I kind of felt bad for Josh Emmett because he's a really good fighter and he seemed like he really wanted it but like he he just got caught in it really fast and I, mean, I wanted to see Yair Rodriguez throw some fucking spinning wheelhouses but we got a good amount of them in while we had it so it was a good fight and yeah that'll be it for the actual fights themselves but now we're going to talk about some controversy surrounding the fights after the fact because Dan Hooker is another UFC fighter that nobody probably knows. He was a decent, lightweight fighter. He's kind of washed up now, though, but he's Australian, as Volkanovski is, so you take this with a grain of massive salt. But uh, since Volkanovski lost, I'm guessing that Dan Hooker is pissed about it and wants to just make up stuff to make like pretty much discredit Islam for the win. But he basically said that Islam cheated like straight up dan hooker said that uh islam used uh liquid ivs to like suit like hydrate himself illegally after the weigh-ins um before the fights he said that he went to like a nurse and tried to get like ivs to like replenish himself right before the the fight on saturday which is illegal in the ufc you can't do that which is i think stupid because guys are literally killing themselves super dehydrated and then have to go fight less than a day later and you're not allowed you're not allowed to like do anything to like besides water to rehydrate yourself and that's just not enough and so apparently islam used ivs illegally to rehydrate himself because he dies to make weight at 55 he's huge and islam denied it right away so i don't, I don't know what's going to come of that i think the ufc maybe usada will try and test him and see i don't even know if you can like catch that but maybe he'll be looked at I, th I don't think Islam did it, to be honest. He seems like a really straight-up dude. Um, and I, honestly, it doesn't play that much of a deal, uh, unless he did, like, super good amount or, like, got him fully back rehydrated. I don't I don't think that would be a humongous deal because Volkanovski's not dehydrated in there either way anyways. But because Volkanovski doesn't have to cause much weight, he moved up. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, if Islam did cheat... I have no clue what's going to happen. Maybe you just give the title to Volk. I have no fucking clue. So I'm hoping that kind of doesn't happen because that'd be that'd be unfortunate. Like it just ruins the fight that happened. But we'll see what comes of that. Moving on from the UFC, we have NBA. 
The NBA we haven't talked about in a little while, so I'm excited to talk about this again. We are moving closer and closer to the ha- or the All-Star break, and the NBA season is starting to drag now, <laughs> to be honest, because the Pistons are so bad. We are so bad. Um, I'm already in full tank mode, uh, tank for Wembyama. Anything other than the number one pick, I'm going to be pissed off because this season it seems like we're not even trying right now. We're literally just getting clapped every game. So, um, yeah, the Pistons are horrid. Let's get the number one pick and let's do this thing after this year. It's unwatchable. But moving on from the Pistons, because they don't really deserve to be talked about, honestly, um, let's talk about the crazy move that just happened because Kyrie just went to the Mavs and KD just went to the Suns out of nowhere. The Nets fans, if there's Nets fans, are probably punching the air right now because they just lost their whole team in like three days. They just went from a contender to like Ben Simmons being their best player, <laughs> like really quick. So they're pissed probably. Um, yeah, I, I think the Kyrie to the Mavs thing is so dope. I'd, I didn't love Kyrie and KD playing together. I thought that was cool, but it didn't seem like they were really meshing the way they should be or else they would still be there obviously but they were they were a cool team to watch just like pure offensive wise but I don't know how good they would have been in the playoffs um because I don't know if the the uh, I don't know the defense just didn't seem that great but um because Kyrie never gave a shit about defense but uh yeah Kyrie's going to the Mavs with Luka and they've been balling they've been balling I think they each had over 30 last game this team's going to be tough to beat this is going to be tough to beat they're definitely up in my favorites now to come out of the West. Um, you have Luka, pure bucket. He does it all, and he's like a 6'8", six, 6'7 six, point guard. And you have Kyrie who can play the 2 or the 1 and just deal anyone on, on offense. I mean, he can get a bucket whenever he wants, and he's crafty, and he's just a handful to deal with, honestly, on defense. So, And he's, he's like the best ball hand in the league. He's sick to watch. So that is going to be a super cool duo to watch in the playoffs especially. Um, and the stacked West has got even more stacked. But KD to the Suns, again, stacking the West. I don't know what, how do they know how this came to be and how the net or the Suns pulled this shit off? They give up like a ton of picks. But I thought they were going to definitely have to give up DeAndre Aiden, and they somehow did not. <laughs> um, honestly, anything, you can, if you can give up anything for KD, just picks, literally do that in a second. You can have the Pistons next 20 years of first round picks, give me KD. Like, that was honestly a good deal for each team. The Nets just got rebooted in their draft picks. I don't think they had many at all, so they got reloaded. But And the Suns, they're in win-now mode. Who gives a shit about draft picks? Dude, their picks suck probably anyways. So, um, yeah, they have D-Book. They have Kevin. I don't know why I said Kevin, KD. And they have Aiden still, somehow. They somehow managed to keep them all. And they have CP too. Like, this team is stacked. So, um that's going to be the West is going to be a sick conference to watch in the playoffs, honestly. And the man to man I wanted to talk about that because I want to bring those leading up to this is John Morant. John Morant is shitting his pants right now. <laughs> Imagine uh, Katie and Kyrie were like planning to go out the whole season with the Nets, and then they saw what John Morant said about, yeah, I have no problems getting out of the West. It's going to be a cakewalk. And then they're like, oh, let's fuck with him and let's, just, let's both go to the West and see what he says now. Because I guarantee you, John Morant's like, oh, shit. It's not going to be easy now. <laughs> like, I don't know what is going to happen with the Grizzlies now. Um, he's actually getting a lot of heat from, like, Shannon Sharp and stuff about, like, acting acting like he's super hood. 
It kind of doesn't make sense, though. I think he got like a $200 million contract. He's acting like he's straight out of Compton right now. Like, bro, calm down a little bit. You're you're not like that right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's getting a lot of shit for that. But I do love Drago. He's a dope player. And I like his confidence. But he might have uh, kind of regret it now. <laughs> because it's definitely not going to be a cakewalk when you have those teams coming up against you. So let's see what happens in the playoffs. And let's see where he's at then. Because... It's not gonna be not gonna be nothing easy, um, but yeah, that's all I want to talk about in the NBA. Just a quick brief thing about the moves, and let's talk about some golf, which have, we have not touched, because winter golf is dead. Like I said before, winter golf is horrid. But we're getting so closer and closer to being out of winter, so we're gonna be talking about it more and more. Um, we just have the waste management, which is always dope. Um, I think it's hole 16. It is where they just go nuts. I don't know if there was any hole-in-ones on that hole this time. I don't believe there was. But I'm actually not going to be talking about that open um, here. I know Scotty Scheffler just got a win. My boy Spieth actually did pretty well in that. I think he finished top 10. But, uh, yeah, up to the Scotty Scheffler. He's a beast. Super consistent. So uh, he's, he's really good. I like him. But um, what we want to talk about is Tiger, obviously. Um, I'm, not the, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Tiger fan. But, I mean, everyone's a little bit of a Tiger fan. How can you not? So, um, he I mean, he made golf pretty much. <laughs> He's the only reason I played it because I thought it was dumb before then. And I was like, oh, this guy's pretty dope. I'll play it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, Tiger Woods is back. He's back. He just confirmed that he's playing in the Genesis this weekend. Um, not saying that the Genesis is a cool tournament. Uh, it's kind of like a warm-up to the start of the season. But anything that Tiger is playing in is honestly almost like a major <laughs> because everyone just tunes in. So, Tiger in the Genesis this weekend. I'm excited. I'm going to see what he does. If he can walk 18 that many times, maybe they'll give him a fucking cart. I don't even care. Give him a cart. I don't know if he wants to do that or not, but honestly, if, if, that's, the only, if that's the only reason he can't play, literally give him a cart. It's not that deep. I don't know why they're so strict about that stuff, but golf is like that. Um, yeah, let's see Tiger come back. Let's see how he does. Let's see if he can fucking nuke some drives still. Um, I guarantee you he'll do better than people think, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I feel like we'll find out pretty fast what level he's at right now. Um, you don't forget how to swing a golf club, but it's how he's doing in comparison to the field that's he's playing at. These guys are all like 20, 30 years younger than him, so we'll see. But um, let's move on from that. I just wanted to let everyone know that Tiger's coming back because I feel like no one's been talking about it, and that's. I, I mean, it's been a while, so I mean, it's big news to cover there and. We'll talk on to the bold pick of the week. Week 8, bold pick of the week. Last week, uh, you, I'm, I'm going to count it as a win because Leeds uh, played Man United last week twice, and they obviously lost one time, but they did tie the other time, I believe. And tying Man United with Leeds is a win. So, I mean, count that as a win in my book. I don't care what anyone says. That was a good pick by me. I don't know how they did that, but they fought their asses off against Man United. And Man United did not have Casemiro, like I said. That was huge. So, um, and I saw Tottenham did need that, even though Tottenham just got blasted in the Champions League today. That was horrible to watch. But nonetheless, in the Premier League sense, they did need Man United to start selling. So we love that from Leeds. <laughs> but back to on topic, we'll pick of the week, week eight. But like I just said, Tiger, not to win. Let's calm down a little bit. But I do have Tiger making a top 10 finish at the Genesis. I know this could go horribly, horribly wrong. But, I mean, I got I to gotta just go 
with something bold. I mean, obviously, I got to do something out of the box. I think Tiger, he wouldn't come back, obviously, unless he thinks he can win. So he's going to try and fucking destroy these 20-year-olds. So, you know, he's not going to be taking no prisons out there. That's just not who he is. So, I mean, he, I think he, he, the time he comes back, is gonna, he's going to be fully ready. And I think he's going to be ready to go 18 four times. So let's do it. Let's go Tiger top 10. Um, I would love to be pleasantly surprised and see him get first. Um, I mean, I don't it, – it could go – he could miss the cut and just do horrible, or I could be on the money. So we're going to see. It's either going to be one or the other. I don't think it's going to be at 10. <laughs> so we'll see uh, how that goes. Tiger Woods top 10 finish at the Genesis. And moving on to the top five of the week. We're doing a lot of golf right now, more than usual, probably more than we'll talk about for a while, but – the top five will also involve golf. We're going to do top five golf balls to use. I want to do something a little more creative. I feel like I was talking about a lot of by-the-book stuff. Um, I kind of want to get a little creative and talk about something that's just more fun. So we're going to do top five golf balls to use. At number five, we got Bridgestone. B6 in particular. Um, I, love the, I love the Bridgestone golf balls. I feel like they're like the ball where like you're like down to the last few in your bag, and you're like, oh. I still got a Bridgestone. Let's go. So I feel like that's the ball that they are. I feel like they do, like, go extra far for some reason because, like, they have Bridgestone. I know I mean, Bridgestone's a tire company. I feel like, like, they somehow have rubber in them that just makes them bounce further. That's just how my brain works. That's definitely not right. But I feel like it adds, like, five yards. So Bridgestone, I feel like I could, like, drive it to the moon with their ball. I don't know why. I just like that. Okay, so... And that doesn't mean by any way it's going down the fairway. It's probably going to the highway, but it will be going five yards further into the highway. So I like that. And number four, I got the Callaway Chrome Soft. I have, like, multiple Callaways. So I don't want to sound like a prick. I just That's why I did specified Chrome Soft because I do have two Callaways on here. Um, the Callaway Chrome Soft I used a ton in high school golf. This is, like, my uh, my, uh, my second go-to golf, my second go-to ball. The other one's my go-to, but... Um, the Chrome Soft I like a lot. Again, I feel like I'm mental. I feel like I can spin it, for, spin it somehow more just because it says Chrome Soft on it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but I just like that it says that. So I feel like I can just fucking rip, rip a wedge and like make it fire back across the green. In reality, it never does that, but I, I think so in my head. So that's all that matters. Um, number three, I have the Callaway Triple Track. That's they look similar, but the Triple Track is like the one. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. But it has like the red, white, and blue like lines on it. It's pretty much three vertical lines, um, all spaced out evenly against each other, and it's just basically to help you line up your putts. Because my putting is absolutely shite, so um, I like that. <laughs> but um, it's aesthetically pleasing too. It looks cool, so I feel like I'm like a better golfer than I am when I play with it, and I feel like I make more putts for some reason. Um, I didn't need to check the stats on that round by round, but I feel like when I have the triple track, I'm just draining putts. So that's why it's number three. <laughs> um, number two, we have the TaylorMade TP5. I feel like I never buy these balls, but I always like find them on the course or in the woods because I'm there a decent amount. And I feel like whenever I find them, I just let out the biggest tiger fist pump because I'm like, they think I'm a good golfer now. They think I go out and buy TP5s. I never buy TP5s, but I do find hella ones because they're fucking, I'm always golf, I worked at this country club last summer, so I'd always find like these like nice golf balls and they're always TP5s or Pro Vs and I'd be like, damn, they probably think I'm a beast. <laughs> but um, little they know, I'm like a 30 handicap. No, I'm not that bad, but 
Um, yeah, the TP5, I love it. I think TaylorMade's really slept on golf ball, especially the TP5. I think it's sweet. Yeah, I like the look of it, too. It's like got like the clean little line on the end, too. It's nice. But uh, number one, obviously, best ball in golf, Pro V1. Um, the Pro V1's a classic. I had these custom ones that my high school did, too, so I always used those until I lost them all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, the Pro V1's really cool. It's a classic golf ball. If you can, have, if you can afford... Or if you can afford to be in the woods enough to find enough of Pro V1s, you're obviously going to use it. Um, it's one of those golf balls that, like, if you're on a water hole, a par three, you, like, don't use it because you're like, oh, I'm definitely going in the water. I don't want to lose the Pro V. Time to pull out, like, the fucking noodle. <laughs> those golf balls are horrid. Uh, we should do a top five worst golf balls list, too. I just, that might have been a spoiler, but um, I definitely could be doing that. This, is, this one's actually pretty fun to do. But, uh, yeah, Pro V number one, I think... No, Tiger doesn't even use Pro V. I think he uses Bridgestones. Uh, no, nothing uses Pro Vs. Either way, um, Tiger would use a Pro V if he had the chance. So, and so would I. Damn right. So, um, that's my that's a list of the top five golf balls I like to use if given the opportunity. Uh, number five, we have Bridgestone. Number four, we have the Callaway Chrome Soft. Number three, we have the Callaway Triple Track. Number two, we have the Callaway, or not the Callaway, the fucking TaylorMade TB5. And number one, we have the Pro V1. So that's a top five, and that is the episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to episode eight of the That's Bold podcast. Um, it's great to be back. I know this um, one came out a day late. I might have to be doing stuff. I might have to do that stuff um, in the next couple of months, or like just honestly during school because I'm so busy. But because that's the thing that people don't realize, I can't pre-record episodes because I have to wait for games to happen. Like I have to do this stuff right after the Super Bowl and post it. Or right after the UFC event and post, it's like I don't, I can't really pre-record stuff, so it's not like I have a week to record. So that's pretty much the reasoning to that. I don't want you guys to think I was like slacking off or stuff like that. It's a lot more like if I have a lot of stuff to do with school that same day, it's tough to record and um, get it out. So that's the reason for that. But thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, comment any things you want to see for new top fives or bold, or if you have suggestions for bold picks of the weeks. So it's just stuff to talk about. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, have a good one.